0: Three, the Cubs beat the Diamondbacks eight to three at Wrigley Field today. In those, admittedly, they just keep growing on me, and I like them more. The City Connect jerseys, yeah. Uh, but before we dive into the game, Joe, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling after a W today?
1: Feeling good. It's Friday. The Cubs won. You know, there's really not much to to not like today. So, and like the the Wrigleyville Connect jerseys, They're I, I liked them from the jump, but with every single day, it's they grow on me even more. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, they, they just – they continue to grow on me every time I watch them wear them. To me, you have to wear them, though, with the high socks because those socks mm-hmm. are some of the best-looking socks.
1: Chris Bryant looks like looks unbelievable in it.
0: Oh, yeah. That's why he's the poster boy, baby.
1: He should That's
0: why he's an express poster boy. And speaking of, for those that are watching, we're bringing the W back. Yep. The pass is back. Um, it's good because I haven't been able to put it on my hat in a while. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just dive right into this thing. I mean, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, you if you've been around before, by the way, hello, Aaron, dope red beer, how are you, sir? Yo, what's up? Uh, he also agrees about the the city connect jerseys, but for those that have been around before, you know that if we tell you it's going to be a quote unquote boring show, it's not going to be boring. We're entertaining. You know, we'll we'll find ways to make you laugh and things like that. But usually, when the Cubs win and by a large margin, there's not mm-hmm. a lot to bitch about. So that's where we kind of just being like, hey, you know what? This was good and this was good. So we're probably going to go down some rabbit holes if I had a guess. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep it nice and concise today for, for sake of the show. But, hey, 8-3 win. Really good performances today from quite a few players. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, Davies, I don't know why he went out back out for the sixth. But other than that, looked really good. Five and a third, seven hits, two runs, only two walks and eight Ks for Davies. That's a huge K number. Um you know, Morgan comes in, has that little pits puts inning and gets out of the out of the sixth. Uh, and then Keegan Thompson, they didn't have to burn the bullpen today. Uh, three really strong innings from him. Only the one home run that he gave up. He did walk one, but he also struck out, two, And he actually got his first save of the season because of it. Um, so not too shabby, not too shabby all around. A good day for the for the Cubbies in terms of pitching and then in hitting. I mean, it was it was the hobby Baez and Robinson Trierno's show today. Yeah, uh, both players going deep. Trierno's doing it twice. So, so Joe, I mean, we'll, we'll start there. Just quick takeaways and what you thought about today's game. I mean, what really stood out to you about this? You know, I think well-needed eight-three victory after the the Cardinal series that just concluded yesterday. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, you really didn't know how the offense was going to respond. You know, are they just going to come out flat? You got seven days until the deadline. Are they just going to ride it out? Zach Gallen's a pretty good pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, and the answer very clearly was no. Javi put one deep in the seats right off the bat. Put us up 3-0. Davies pitched well. And Robinson Trinos, not even, like, before today, he had already been the best Cubs backup catcher in, you know, three, four games. Mm-hmm. And then you add on today, you know, damn, we could have used that. Uh, we could have used that a long time ago. But mm-hmm. that's besides the point. But, yeah, I mean, Nico Horner with a big two-out hit. Two RBIs trying to stretch a single into a double, don't hate it. So there was a, a lot of good things. Keegan Thompson gets his first career save. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Positive vibes, baby. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was a nice game today. I think just like you said, I, I think that was a really good way to put it about the bats rebounding. How are they gonna rebound? The weather there, admittedly, I didn't realize that it was like kind of sort of raining on yeah. the north side earlier um because unfortunately i live in the south suburbs but i was like oh that's odd so you know battling through that because i mean any little rain to me is always just a pain in the ass but you, you get you know a good really good performance out of davies which not to be negative and start talking about the aforementioned
1: deadline but it could be a positive thing at this point yeah i, I was gonna I, say i, I mean, think it's easy. time for that to be a positive no
0: right well and especially for a guy like davies and there's nothing against zach davies but if teams look at him as like, hey, he would be a really nice like three or four on a, mm-hmm. like, a really good team. He's young. He's still very young. I think he's only, what, 28 years old, I think. I so he's a guy that a team could trade for at the deadline. Potentially, you you know you keep him around. Then if you give him another you know, contract, maybe you keep him around for three years. Mm-hmm. And, 28. You know, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, you keep him around for three or four years. He provides value, I think, to a lot of teams if they see that and say, hey, that's a guy that we could re- realistically re-sign. I you know he's not going to command a ton of money, mm-hmm. but when you see him go out and do what he did today, I'm sure, the pitch count got a little higher than you probably want. Um, right. I mean, he was, hey, I oh, feel yeah. like
1: he went, he finished at 107. Part of it may have been, honestly, just to show, hey, he can get up to 107, which is not yeah. like that common. I mean, we've seen it single digits times with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. So it's not the crazy, you know, it doesn't happen a ton, especially with the Cubs. So, maybe the part of it, like you said, why do they go out there for the sixth inning? Maybe that was the reason. Get him over 100. Say, yeah, hey, he's he's over 100. He can do it. That's
0: that's a good point. That's a very good point. I actually didn't even think about it. That way. That's a really good point because, you know, and then on top of it, too, right, you, you mentioned the, the, you know, hey, he can get up there again. Um, but he also, I mean, like I said, only walked two, which that's probably been the biggest knock on him this year is he just mm-hmm. walked a lot of guys. Usually he's walking three and four guys in almost every outing. And then, you know, but today he only walks two and he strikes out eight. And, I mean, he had a really nice K. I think it was, what, to end the fourth inning. He, you know, gets the the left-handed batter looking on a just perfect bottom corner, you know, sinker for him mm-hmm. and just rings him up. Like, oh, that's a, that's a damn good day yeah. for Zach Davies. And it's a good start. And then, like you said, too, with Keegan Thompson. I mean, seeing him go three I think is super encouraging because to me – he's a guy that the Cubs are going to at least give one or two spot starts to in the second half of this. Season. He should, and I, I,
1: I think it's time. I don't know how they're going to do it. Like we're all seeing what's going on with Justin Steele, right? And so at what point he has to be in the plans to be a starting pitcher? And whether they try to do that now, mm-hmm. he can't do it at the major league. like he can't do it at the major league level. Like you can't stretch him out at the major league level. You know, sure. it, it would be kind of a pain. So do they send him down? And let him do it, or they do? Do they just wait to the off season? Yeah, I mean he yeah. threw three. He threw three innings today. I mean that's what J- Steele is at right now. He's at three. He's at three innings. Right, three plus. Yeah, I was
0: just say he he threw. I mean, you wrote a great article about his his first two starts down in AAA. Um, he threw, I think three and two thirds in that second. Yeah. So again, he's still low. I mean, you even mentioned it yourself, Joe, in your article about, you want to at least see him go five and at least more than once. Mm-hmm. That way you feel comfortable about, Hey, okay. He's stretched out. He can at least do it enough at the major league level. That way he's at least given you five good innings, maybe four and, and two thirds, but maybe then they pair him with a guy like Keegan mm-hmm. Thompson. And then you let Keegan do a couple innings. And like you said, right, that makes you stretch Keegan idea. out in the off season. So mm-hmm. I think that's something to, con- to consider. As right. Well and
1: I would, I was saying in that article that I, in my opinion, seeing the number of innings was more important than the pitch count. Well, obviously the pitch count is important. You don't want, you don't, while he's working on stuff up, you cap him, but mm-hmm. to see how many innings he can go at that pitch count, show his efficiency, his maturity, stuff like that. That's kind of, my guess is what they're looking at.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense. Well, especially too, because I think what the difference is maybe with Thompson in comparison to Steele and at least that's just this is just based on what we've seen this year. This doesn't include anything in prior years, but you know, a Steele was hurt for a little while, right? Uh, but B, Steele was also being used very much in a one inning role mm-hmm. every single time he came out where Thompson, almost every time that we've actually seen Thompson, he usually goes at least over an inning. now maybe it's only an inning and in a third or an in and two thirds, but he's at least seeing you know he's, he's at least getting five six outs usually versus right. you know Steele who was really just getting three outs. Sometimes he was even that like, hey, we're in a dirty situation. We need two quick outs. Can you come in and just get us out of this inning and then you're done. Right. So that could be something too that they consider. And and again, maybe maybe they do um I don't I don't know if you maybe remember, I'm sure you will, but uh Elzale's first start where he didn't or well first appearance. He didn't even technically start the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or no, I'm sorry. He did start the game. But he was – So when he with, left
1: it with that. he tipped his cap to everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He either – son of a bitch. Now I'm going to have to look this up. It's either he started the game and only went four. Mm-hmm. Or he came in – I think he came in late because I think Chatwood started, if I remember correctly, went about three and two-thirds. They brought Elzele in. Elzele went about four innings. And then they took him out, I think, in the ninth. And that's when he got the, the – Okay. That, that, that sounds really right. really good. He was really good.
1: Right. Dope, Dope beard. Sorry, I, just, I saw this tweet, too. Dope Redbeard just put a comment in there. Justin Steele just struck out leadoff hitter at 98 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, oh Things baby. You love to see. Oh, baby. Things
0: you love to see. That's awesome. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's encouraging, though. Like, I'm actually very, very – actually, we we may add, Um, Justin Steele follows Cubs on tap on Twitter. So – and you guys should, too, if you're listening. Uh, we're at Cubbies, the yes on, on And that follow podcast.
1: Justin Steele. Why not?
0: Yeah, and, f- and follow our boy <laughs> Justin Steele. Um, things you love to see, man. I mean, if he's touching 98, and again, in a starting role, like this isn't him just mm-hmm. saving his gas, you know. Because, I mean, we see it all the time, right? Starting pitchers, if they're going to go long in the games, they're not necessarily going to throw gas if they think they're going to get tired. Clearly, Steele's like, no, I'm fine. I can, mm-hmm. I can hit 98. And anytime you got a lefty hitting high ninety, and amazing. then
1: and then eventually we'll have Marquez at some point. Fingers would
0: crossed. Hope so. Fingers I trust. He scares me right now. There I hasn't, even,
1: there, I think there hasn't been any news about him, which is, mm-hmm. makes me nervous. Same thing with Amaya. Like I, I, you have to seek out Amaya stuff, which makes me think he's not playing well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know what's going. Well, Amaya's been hurt.
1: Oh, okay, so maybe that so was it. They,
0: they've both been hurt, and that's been the big issue. Um, cause there's also quite a few other significant prospects for the Cubs that have been hurt. I think Cole Roters hurt now, actually. I thought I saw that the other day. Yeah. Um, Cole her, her-
1: Hermasio just got hurt today or not yesterday. Good, you know that? Yeah.
0: That's not good. Cause that's a guy that we we probably will see at Would've some seen. point in the second right. half when I mean, he's batting, what, like 320 right now in AAA? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just hitting the shit out of the ball, but, um, no, I mean, it, it, realistically, you know, this has been a tough year, I think, for the Cubs, not only on the major league level, but also on the minor league level, because most of their top prospects have been injured. Marquez yeah, is injured. I don't. His Marquez. Myers I don't. Hurt. I
1: don't think Marquez has even played this year. Has he?
0: I don't think he has. I don't even think he's yeah. finished yet. And so that's why that's what really sucks about 2021 with what happened in 2020, because now, I mean, this is effectively two years of development that some of these guys are losing right now because of the injuries,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, especially guys like Cole Franklin who. Is a high upside, you know, starting pitcher at probably some point in his career, and you know, Amaya, who's arguably the the catching future of the Cubs, and and even guys like um, like Cole Roeder and Marquez, and like to me, I to me, I I, I think eventually Marquez becomes a, a bullpen arm. I don't know if he's ever going to truly be a starter. Unfortunately, they might do like I called the Chapman experiment experiment with him, right? Where like, hey, we'll try him as a starter and see what happens, and then if he's better suited for that bullpen role, then we move him there. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And this is actually another really good comment too, because um, this is just a quick answer. Speaking of lefties, not to get off topic, but do you know what's up with Brad Wick? He had a second cardiovascular surgery. Yep. Um, he's been having like a heart murmur, I believe, is what it is. Something with his heart. It's like um, a
1: irregular heartbeat or something. Yes, an yeah.
0: irregular heartbeat. So uh, I saw today he had a second procedure done. Yeah. Um, he did this, like our tweet yeah. though, when we said, "Hope you're doing well, big dog." So oh, cool. Um, he, he's, he he seems like he's okay. It doesn't sound like anything went wrong or anything like that. So, um, he we probably won't see him the rest of twenty twenty one. If we do, it might be late in September with like some yeah call ups. Maybe they just try to get him some work. Um, but realistically, uh, Bradwicks a guy I see more as a bullpen piece in twenty twenty two, just because of his health. And I mean, let's be honest, his health
1: is more important than baseball. So and he um, pay he pay he did really well in twenty twenty one, man. He
0: did. I mean, he's been super effective. Has he given up a run yet?
1: I don't think so. Maybe I think I, he, I feel yard. like he gave up a solo homer at some point. Who knows.
0: I'll have to check that at some point. Regardless,
1: here. very very good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's been awesome. Like to me, um my my dad and I had this conversation the other day because obviously speaking of trade deadline, we we've, we've kind of been on that talk right now. Um and it, this is this is my last thought about pitchers. And then we can talk some more about the hitting that happened today and then just in general. But um I was—we were talking. He's like, "Well, what happens if Tapera and Kimbrell are both traded?" And because I believe fully that of the—I call them the big three in the bullpen. If the two of uh, to me, the two of the three that'll be traded are Tapera and Kimbrell. I think Chafin, because he's a lefty, is somebody that the Cubs might want to hang on to because it's really hard to find good lefty bullpen arms, especially that have been so efficient like Chafin has been this year. So I could realistically, unless they get like a really good package for him, I can mm-hmm. see them hanging on to Chafin and maybe moving on from Tapara and Kimbrell. But if that's the case, like as early as next year, unless somebody comes out of the woodwork from the minor leagues, you know, in camp next year or whatever, but there's a very good possibility that late in games, at least maybe early in the season next year, while there's still some guys kind of getting ready to pitch coming up from the minors, we realistically could see Brad Wick as the seventh inning guy. Chafin is the eighth inning guy, and then Rowan Wick is the ninth inning guy. I, I think that's something very realistic because Rowan Wick is is pitching again. So, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he what? I think he topped out at ninety nine in his one appearance yeah. so far, and he struck out the side.
1: Yeah. So that makes I'm, me feel good. <laughs> a curious, I'm a little curious why they started him at South Bend instead of in Triple A because I think it seemed like they're going to call him straight up from South Bend. So,
0: it, it, well, it might. I agree. I, I think it partially might be because a South Bend's closer. Um, and He might be a little closer. Um, I don't know how much throwing he did before his rehab assignment, though. But you also got to remember, I mean, he hasn't pitched since like September of 2020. So right. um, maybe their thought is, hey, we want to see what you look like against a ball pitching or a ball players first. Then maybe they go, all right, let's we'll bring you up to Iowa for two or three games to get you some work uh, and then move right. on. You know? To, yeah. I mean, there
1: really is no rush. That. Not at this point. I mean,
0: it would be nice to see him hopefully in August, um, because realistically, the Cubs are still going to win ball games, right? I mean, even bad teams still win games, so like they're going to need somebody to close. And the Cubs are
1: not going to be bad, you know. They're 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 not not going to be egregious, right? Right.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be egregious. They're going to win games. Sure, they're probably not going to. They'll probably they'll they'll realistically probably hover around five hundred for the rest of the season. I I don't see why they can't hover around five hundred, and you know, maybe they're. Eighty and eighty-two or seventy-nine and eighty-three or something like that at the end of the year, like right around that, you know, that five hundred point to me is where this Cubs team can be, even with the sell-off. I mean, right, you know, unless they trade everybody, you know, and you know, Joe Blow is playing first base instead of Anthony Rizzo type stuff. You know, it, realistically, if they keep guys like Baez and Rizzo, and they only really move on from like Kimbrel and Bryant, and like maybe Tapera then yeah this team's not that different i mean yeah obviously losing chris bryant's a big deal but and so is kerry kimbrell but ultimately like majority of the bones of the team are still there mm-hmm. um so yeah i agree with you i don't think they're not going to like suck suck no but they're also not going to unless they get hot but they're probably not going to be in the wild card picture either just because that nl west is just way too damn good mm-hmm. um unfortunately this season but joe i mean uh, any other thoughts about uh, the pitching today or or, or are we going to talk a little bit about some of the bats today cuz i got i got a couple thoughts on some people that were in the lineup and yeah, let's talk let's talk that. about the bats all right let's talk about the bats how about rafael ortega i feel like he hasn't he's gotten a lot been, of love lately no. um he's been incredible like he, I, i'm so impressed cuz even when he mm-hmm. is getting out like he's just he's been putting together these good at bats it feels like he's turned such a corner since he was originally called up. Because I remember when he first was called up, he was only betting like one-something. He's raised his average all the way to like 275.
1: I mean, like I kind of forgot he was here for a while, to be honest. like, at some, like... he was like not playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like and then all of a sudden, and then he's really put together a nice little stretch, and it, it's really nice to see.
0: Yeah, it is. And honestly, we could argue that the jock trade is what opened up the door for Ortega. Because mm-hmm. that now allows him to get more playing time regularly because they're down an outfielder. And sure, obviously KB's still out there for the meantime, and you want to get Ian Happ work as well. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: at least Ortega can play center, you know. So if it's not Marisnik or it's not Happ, especially because it seems like they want to keep, I, I think Ian's eventually destined for left field if he stays with the Cubs. I don't think Ian Happ's a, a, a true center fielder, but Ortega's at least shown like that he's a competent center fielder and, and can play there. And why not? I mean, if he's giving you these good at bats, I really love him in the leadoff spot. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Nice. No, um, I
1: mean, everything he's done has been really nice.
0: Yeah, you know, it really has been. He's been a good and, player.
1: Yeah, he has. I agree.
0: I'm. Uh, I'm very excited to kind of see like the second half with him. Um, but in addition, big news today was obviously uh, for those that maybe didn't see the article at www.ontevsportsnet. dot com. We'll plug that in there. Um, but Matt Duffy returned from the, the 60-day IL today. That was huge. Uh, again, noticeably when he went on the IL, the, the Cubs offense kind of t- took a little bit of a nosedive. Uh, yes. Just that, that contact first, you know, good approach. I mean, he had a couple really nice at-bats today. And, and then in addition, hold, hold your excitement, everybody. But Eric Sogard was DFA'd, <laughs> and I, I, I legitimately think more people were happy about that than they were about Matt Duffy returning.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would second that.
0: Yeah, it was. It's funny. It really is funny. But um, you know, nice to see him back. Um, I, I think that was huge today. And then obviously great seeing, like you mentioned, with Chirinos. I mean, hell, imagine if they had Chirinos at the beginning of the season. Right, We've gone through the catching carousel that the Cubs have gone through
1: this year. I mean, and and well, we'll uh, Contreras could have been better rested, mm-hmm. feeling better going into each game. But yeah, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Chiruna, Chirinos is certainly a dude that they could have had earlier if he wasn't oh, yeah. chilling with the Yankees because he was well, he was finally released by the Yankees, and that's why the Cubs were able to sign him. So realistically, if he was more available, I think there's a chance that he would have been with the Cubs sooner. Uh, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, you know, and, and nobody could foresee what happened to Romine. I mean, hell, Romine has barely even played this year. Um, yeah, he
1: played three or four games. Yeah. And, then he did play, of- and he played well in those three or four games.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, like, he looked pretty good in spring training, too, before he got hurt. Um, But, you, you know, you throw in then, like, Lobotone's injury. You throw in Higgins's injury. It's just, like, the catching position has not been healthy by any means for the Cubs this year. So it's a breath of fresh air to see Chirinos fun- – um, I think a lot of people actually forget Chirinos was already a Cubs legend before he's returned to become a Cubs legend. And that's because he actually was a part of the Matt Garza trade that sent Chris Archer to Tampa as well, way back in the day. Fun fact of the day for those that didn't know. But um, no, man, I mean, that's just kind of like like I said, some of the takeaways. I mean, and and my last thought before I, I want to turn it over to you because I want to hear your voice and I'm tired of hearing my own is that picture after Javi hits the homer of him oh, yeah. Rizzo and Bryant. I, I I tweeted it from the Cubs on tap account during the game today. I said, hang it in the Louvre. Just do it. It looks the, beautiful. The Louvre. And it might, yeah, in the Louvre. And it might and might be it. That might be the last one we ever see. We never know. So I, I think every Cubs fan really appreciated that picture. No. I know it's saved on my phone. Um and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if, if others did that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe, I mean, again, a lot to take in with today with the bats again, new faces coming into the lineup, uh, you know, obviously big days from guys like Trenos and Javi. So, you know, I guess what, what were your takes? Maybe what was your favorite part in terms of the bats today? Something maybe so, we haven't <clears throat> given a lot of spotlight to mm-hmm. things like that.
1: Well, I just overall want to give uh, talk a little bit about Javi over the last month from June 22nd to today, not including today's number two hits, He's hitting 301 with a 542 slugging. Like, that's a month sample. That's 95 plate appearances, 93 plate appearances before today, and he is hitting over 300, getting on base at 366, Which, think about that, 65 points difference between his average and his on base. He's thrown in some walks every once in a while too. Like, it's yeah. not, it, it's not in, in what it was before. It's mm-hmm. not like the full moon once every three months or whatever, whatever that cycle is. Yeah. Like, a drinking it, it, a drinking right, right. It's, I mean, he's putting it together. I mean, he's got a, his OPS is over 900 over that stretch. I mean, and it's not that small of a sample, almost 100 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Add another homer today to that. That's six homers in a month. And then another hit. I mean, he's, he still gets every, I mean, every time he strikes out, even during the, I don't think people realize what kind of stretch he's had here. Mm-hmm. And every t- he strikes out once, one like once, and it's like, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy. He's the only cub that you can look at and be like, he's producing right now. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's, even like before. So let's see. He had he had a, he I mean he had that nice little hitting streak going. Mm-hmm. was like a seven gamer, and I'm looking at this right now. Besides game one in St. Louis, he's had a hit at, in every game since July 4th. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. and then including today eight are multiple hit games. <laughs> like it's not just oh we get one hobby swing, puts one in a gap or puts one up the middle. I mean, we're getting multi hit games and I mean he's he's really, really, really been putting it together, which is great to see. I mean, all you ever see right now is negative on hobby. Oh he wants 200 mil. he wants everything that the Cubs don't or nobody should pay him. He's putting it together right now. So, give Hobby a lot of yeah. credit. He is. He is putting it together. And, and ironically, he's putting it
0: together in a time where, like, do the Cubs legitimately keep him? Or or do the Cubs say, hey, we really didn't plan on bringing this guy back anyway? He got hot at the right time, and maybe we can drive his price up on him. I, it's It really could be either way with him right now. And-
1: I moan and groan every time someone says get rid of him. I, I, I don't understand – like – it's a little bit of being spoiled, if if we're being honest. You okay. don't, you don't, you don't get guys like Javi. Look, I'll put Nico Horner over there, okay, but then you have a glaring gap at second base. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you can't just, you know, he's had a bad little, you know, a bad year. Include you know, add on twenty twenty, like you don't get Javi Baez every two years. Right, like we're not going to find another Javi Baez, and yeah. then. You're gonna have to live with that being you're the one that wanted to get rid of. Same thing with Chris Bryant. I don't. You don't get guys like these. That's yeah. Cool. Overall, they haven't put everything together, and it sucks. But you don't find guys like these just off the street. So I that's yeah. that's my thing. I I'm on the same page as everyone. You know, it's been disappointing. Uh-huh. But you 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 can't just find guys like these. So getting rid of them. Why? What's the point?
0: No, incredibly well said, and I, I absolutely agree with everything that you had to say there because, you know, let's let's say that this team is going to move on from Chris and they really don't think he's going to re-sign and whatever. You know, it's going to suck. Like, it, there will be a point where everybody's like, shit, could really use a Chris Bryant right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that was the yeah. big joke earlier in the season when they were winning you, ball games. You know what this mm-hmm. team could use? A you young dar- Jarvis. Right. Like, you know, so, like, that's going to happen at some point. I'm sure it will. But at least, to me, the thing with Javi, if this team does see him long term, because everybody's like, oh, well, they have a ton of depth at shortstop in the system. That's a true statement. They do. Mm-hmm. They Christian Hernandez. They have Ed Howard. They have numerous other names at shortstop throughout the system that could turn into be very good, you know, major league players someday. The big thing is, though, that, like, Javier Baez is enough of an athlete where if the day that Ed Howard's ready, you can bump Javi to third base. Because you're going to have a hole there if you move on from Chris Bryant. You know what I
1: mean? So it's like I, – I understand what you're saying. I would disagree with you and go the opposite. You know what you get from Javi at shortstop. Obviously, yeah. we've seen him at third base and second base, and it's all incredible. Mm-hmm. But he is a gold glover. He won in 2020. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time, making plays that you just cannot believe he made. Oh, sure. I think you're better off moving the guy in the minor leagues, give him time to you know adapt. Because shortstops are a lot of the times the most athletic person on the field. I mean, they can play, they can learn to play center field, they can learn to play left, right, third, second. So, but at at the same time, everything makes sense. So yeah, you couldn't copy.
0: I think my maybe I guess. I don't want to say an argument. I guess my thought process behind my idea of him eventually potentially moving to third. I think that's more for when he ages. Is mm-hmm. I think where my ideas is, is because okay. then as that mobility maybe does decline a little bit. I think we can all say you know you saw it with Alex Rodriguez. We yeah you know, we saw it with Cal Ripken. Like a lot of shortstops do eventually move over to third because you you lose that lack of that same range that you had mm-hmm. you know during your prime. Like Javi's in his prime right now. If we're talking mm-hmm. like true scientific age of a male human being like 28 to 32 is like your prime technically in terms of physical ability and you know i, I and again ed howard and some of these kids in the, in the minor leagues are not going to be ready anytime before 2024 no like they they're, they're years out so you know you do resign hobby he's still your shortstop for at least the next two years maybe three and then maybe at that point if you do start to see a little bit of a decline in his mobility you can say hey hobby You're still gonna be a damn good arm. You still could probably win a gold glove at third base. But we're just gonna move you to third base and then we're gonna let, you know, an Ed Howard or a Hernandez or whoever's ready that they believe is the next guy play at shortstop then because they're they're gonna be younger. I mean, Ed Howard Mm -hmm. by the time he comes up is gonna be twenty-two years old, maybe. You know what I mean? So, you know, when you're 22 and already coming out of the draft, they considered him the best glove in the draft and that his glove was MLB ready. To me, that screams a guy that would be good at shortstop. Sure. Like, can you imagine that infield, assuming Rizzo stays? You've probably yeah. four gold glove caliber dudes on your infield. Then you got Javi at third. You got Howard potentially at short. You know, obviously that's a hypothetical, but then you got Nico at second who was nominated for a gold glove. And you got mm-hmm. Rizzo, who's the king of gold gloves over at first base. And platinum gloves, because he's got one of those too. But like it, it's just it's it's interesting to consider and think about with Javi. I feel like I feel like that's really going to happen. Like just my gut tells me that Bryant, Kimbrell, maybe some combination then of like a Tapera, Chafin, Davies. Davies. One of those or two of those three might go. Mm -hmm. And then they hang on to guys like Willie. They hang on to guys like Rizzo and they hang on to guys like Baez and they keep them as part of that next core. And then, you know, maybe we do see a Brendan Davis next year and then, who else, whoever, you know, maybe they do spend money in the offseason, go get somebody to, you know, fill in in the starting rotation. You know, they're, they're, if they truly aren't rebuilding, which again, if you believe everything you hear from the horse's mouth and the horse in this case being Jed, they're, it's a retool. It's not a rebuild. So if it's a retool, to me, especially if you have money to play with this offseason, I mean, trading Kimbrel alone is going to free up 16. To me, that means, hey, we're we're going to spend a little bit of money in the offseason. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and at least be somewhat competitive in what will probably still be a pretty weak NL Central even next year because I fully believe the Reds are going to get worse because I'm just waiting for Nick to opt out of his contract because he has one year left, I think, where he can opt out out of that four-year deal with the Reds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially after the year he's having, you know, he probably opts out and tries to go get more money somewhere. So they're going to get worse inevitably. The Pirates aren't doing anything in the next three years. And really the only teams then are maybe the Cardinals because they do have some talent coming along the way and the Brewers realistically, as long as they don't have a huge drop off either. So I think in 2022, the Cubs can not go crazy, spend some money and start filling in with some youth and be up there and competitive. And then really look toward like 2023 and beyond of like, Hey, we're, we're going to be back. We just need to move some pieces around and, figure out what the hell we're gonna do. But I've been talking too much, Joe. So what say you on that idea about, you know, with the Javi and the Rizzo and maybe what's your I mean, obviously I think both of you and I can sit here and agree that we'd love KB to stay and extend. But oh yeah, given the reality of what's probably going to happen, you know, what do you think is like the most realistic scenario with some of these guys?
1: So I think you hit it right in the head I agree with you that Javi, Rizzo and and Willie are the guys that'll likely stay. So, I mean, if if Hobby's value truly is not what it you know he thought it was or what everybody thought it was at the beginning of the year, if he's going to take less money somewhere, I just feel like it's going to be with the Cubs. You know. Uh, so that's that's my thoughts, and I think I think he wants to be here. You know, I I I think Rizzo does not want to go anywhere else. I think he will. Same thing with Willie. I think they just want to be here. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's tr- truly a retool. Because you're not gonna get free agents if you're planning a rebuild. You're not gonna get good ones, at least. Right. So if you're tr- if you're if you're legit on this retool, mm-hmm. show it off by going to get someone, you know? Right. Show it off by re-sign- like t- taking a chance on someone. You saw although like you saw Taiwan Walker getting damn near nothing. He's putting it up. Obviously, you don't predict that, but It's a. it was almost a, I mean, I he got like a three year deal, right?
0: Yep. Three years and it was like I think total it was like thirty three million dollars over. Like
1: it's those guys are out there, you know. Like nobody before the end of twenty twenty was like, Oh, Taiwan Walker, free agent, like can't wait. There's plenty of guys like that every single year. Mm -hmm. Go out make go out and make a big like a a big splash somewhere. Show everybody that you are really you're real about this retool. So I think that and I I I, like like you said, I do think Willie, Javi, and Rizzo though, I, I, I don't want to part with anybody. I really don't want to part with Rizzo. Yeah. I just.
0: Well, I, I think too. On top of that, just to to further back up, kind of where you're feeling that is, is just like because of Rizzo is how good he is, and he's the model of consistency and all that, and plus his defense and everything too. On top of it, it's just like he's probably I don't want to call him the most difficult to replace, but he might be the most difficult to replace in terms of his skill set. You mm-hmm. know, like especially in theory. If you do move on from Javi, you do have the opportunity with a lot of other really good shortstops this offseason if you're willing to pay somebody. You have a Carlos Correa. You have a Trevor Story. You have a Corey Seager also out there, too. So, you know, you go, okay, well, at least there's options. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like when you go to the grocery store, right? You know, milk is a pretty generic ass thing. That's kind of what, like, first base is for the Cubs. It's like milk. Okay, it's it's Anthony Rizzo. You know what I mean? Like, and there's not a lot of other guys that are going to be able to come in and replace what he does. Mm-hmm. Where, like, where Javi is right now, it's, like, your favorite beer section at the grocery store. Because you got Miller like you got Bud Light, you got Coors Light, you got, you know, Bush Light. You got all of that. You know, there's other decent options out there that are all kind of the same. A little different here and there, but they're mm-hmm. all kind of the same. See, that's what we do here at Onside Sports. Now We relate everything back to beer. But, like... You know, it it, there's, I guess, there's a little more to me. That's why Rizzo is more irreplaceable because of the skill set, because of the defense, because of the leadership, because of just Mm -hmm. him as a person, too. Right. I think at the core of it. So I'm right there with you. I I would be by far the most heartbroken if Rizzo's gone. Um, because like again, he's really the second coming of of Mr. Cub. I mean, he's he's the new age, Mr. Cub is really what he is. So
1: that's the best um, way to describe him.
0: Yeah. And and I and I'm right there with it with you for it. But man, but I'll tell you what man. I mean, we, you know, it was again, good game today. A lot of home runs, a lot of run scoring, you know, like you said Nico uh at getting in on the scoring as well. Um, you know, seeing his average still chilling at 3.11 is a, is a beautiful sight. Yep. Um, but I don't have much else to say. So I'll turn it quickly back over to you. Any final thoughts about today's win before we uh, go ahead and look forward to the rest of the weekend?
1: No, it's just build off it. You know, it's not Nobody's changing their opinions on the Cubs because they beat the Diamondbacks. Just keep going, you know. Just build some momentum, have some fun, weekend at Wrigley. What else, you know? what's, what could be better? So go out, just continue to build this momentum. They're facing Merrill Kelly tomorrow, who kind of dominated them. So go out there and you know get a little bit of revenge.
0: Yep, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Just. Take care of business and a um, couple comments. I do want to quickly just kind of give some love to here. Uh, Dope Redbeard, yeah, mentioning about Duffy adding the contact depth. Yep, we all agree with that. Uh, Peter Zakis 10 says, you know, when is Bodie back? I haven't heard any update on him. I would imagine sooner than later, but I have no idea. Um, you know, and then, yeah, Chirinos kind of becoming a favorite. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are starting to enjoy him. And then, do we change our minds if we sweep in the Chicago White Sox, sweep the Brewers, asking for a friend? <laughs> I don't, unfortunately, I don't think so. But
1: we can try. I'll, um, I'll, I'll talk myself into it if I have to. But hey,
0: I'll tell you what, though. This is the one weekend I'm actually, ironically, I will be to, in Milwaukee tomorrow with a bunch of buddies for the White Sox game. And I'm I'm rooting for the White Sox to win because I hate the Brewers. Everybody's like, oh, but it's the White Sox. Well, guess what? They're not a real rival. They're in the AL. Yes, they're a, a geographic rival because they're in Chicago. And this is my final thought. They're a geographic rival because they're in Chicago. Sure, that's all fine and dandy. But it's not a real rivalry. It's a fan rivalry more than it is a real rivalry. A real rivalry to me is St. Louis and Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. guess what? As much as I maybe don't like the White Sox because I am a Cubs fan, uh, I hate the Brewers more. My my hate and disdain for the Milwaukee Brewers. Beautiful stadium, I think. Great looking jerseys, but the team and just in general is I, I I don't like them. I don't I don't like them. I I I really I need to do this. We haven't dropped any yet, but I, sorry, it's going to be explicit. I fucking hate them. <laughs> like I hate the Brewers. So, I agree. Yo, I hate the Cardinals and I hate the Brewers. Like to the point where I would be willing to join the 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 this barrage of black and white that's going to be at that ballpark tomorrow. And I might fuck around and wear a White Sox t-shirt just because I want to piss off Brewers fans because I hate them. And I'm going to be sitting there heckling as many of them as I physically can. So that's just, that's, that's my last piece that I have. Um, and yes, Aaron, you're absolutely right. In elite, that is going to be an elite pitching matchup. And, and tomorrow's going to be an elite pitching matchup too, because as you mentioned, Merrill Kelly dominated the Cubs last Boy, time out and he's going against Alec Mills, um, you know, Kelly six and seven, forty six ERA, 99 K's on the year. Uh, Mills, a very respectable four and three with a 464 ERA and 46 case. Uh, if you're listening to this game or watching in the Arizona market, 98.7 FM uh, or 105.1. And then uh, Valley Sports Arizona is your place to catch that. And then usual suspects in Chicago, 670 to score, WRTO 1200 and Marquee Sports Network. And then if you are out of market, this will be on MLB Network. Uh, and it is another beautiful one twenty start at beautiful Wrigley Field on saturday, july twenty fourth. And then we will, I will just say quickly, uh, Sunday's game also a one twenty start because we won't have a show tomorrow. Um, uh, three and six Caleb Smith takes the mound for the Diamondbacks. three and two Trevor Williams takes the mound for the Cubs. But we will preview tomorrow's game. So Joe, what say you? What are your thoughts about tomorrow's game?
1: Like I said, Merrill Kelly dominated them, so, Get a little bit of revenge. I I there's really not much else to say besides that. Go out and win this game because you should. I'm always I I've mentioned this last time, Alec uh, last time I was on before an Alec Mills starred. I always get excited to watch him, you know. He plays an important role for the Cubs team, and he's gonna be here. So anytime we can see what Mills has, I look forward to that. And he's a competitor.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He cares about the Cubs, he cares about winning. <clears throat> so I'm always rooting for Alec Mills. So, yeah, and we got Dope Redbeard saying that Mills is his fly-the-W going six innings, two earned in runs, and gets the W. That would be awesome. I like that. That would be great.
0: Yeah, I like that. What is your fly-the-W pick, sir?
1: So I went with Rizzo going into today. He did have a single, but definitely not the fly. He definitely wouldn't have won that. So I think he's going to hit a home run tomorrow. I think tomorrow's the mm. day.
0: I like it. I like it. I like it. Anytime Anthony goes yard it regularly, it just hits differently. So – um, I think that's a good one, but yeah, man. I mean, like you said earlier, just build on it. Like, mm-hmm. got a W, sure, nothing's gonna change, but at least if you can win ball games, you know, some of these young guys, when like Justin Steele starts pitching in the rotation, you know, if they're winning games in the second half, that's good for their development. You know, mm-hmm. even if the Cubs are out of it, so, um, you know, keep winning games, keep keeping that like you know that confidence at least somewhat high, and everybody knows what's looming next weekend. You know, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna talk egregiously about it until it comes and goes, but you know, just get a W. I I like the, the idea with the mills fly, the W pick. I would love to see mills go six tomorrow. I think that would be huge. I'd love to see Anthony go deep. I think that would also be huge. Um, I'm going to go ahead and actually roll with, I mean, he's probably going to be back in the lineup. I'm going to go Wilson Contreras tomorrow. I'm I'm feeling a Willie bomb. He got the day off today. He's going to be fresh and just again, that's another dude when he goes deep at Wrigley, it's so fun. I hope it's like mm-hmm. a, just a monster too, where he bat flips the shit out of it. Like that's that's what I want to happen tomorrow. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Wilson Contreras as my fly the W pick. Well, Joe, this was a fun show. We talked about a mm-hmm. lot of shit, but obviously the Cubs won today, eight to three. We always love to see that. Before we get out of here, I do want to remind everybody: Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You go ahead and check out all of our great work, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at OnTapSportsNet on social media. We alluded to some of Joe's great work earlier in the show. We have tons of great work. If you want to follow us, I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Joe is at Joe Maris on Twitter. Also follow all our great other panelists at Cody on Tap, at Juice on Tap, at Marty Laval, at The riot 326 and all the others that do great work for us here at Cubs on Tap. You can follow our pod-specific accounts at Cubbies, C-U-B-B-I-E-S, on Tap. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram. Aaron, we'll see y'all in the next one as well. And um, we don't only have great Cubs coverage. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. The NHL draft is tonight, so if you're you're listening to this and you need something to watch tonight, NHL draft tonight. The Blackhawks just traded for Seth Jones. It's an absolute gong show right now because I do do Blackhawks coverage here at On Tap, so I'm trying to. That's why I've been on this thing during the episode. I apologize, everybody, but it's there's a lot of shit going on. So make sure you tune in and find out what's going on over with us. And yes, Cubs fans, like I said, we got a lot of friends that are White Sox fans. We always do. You bring them over to us as well because our Sox on Tap guys do an excellent job covering the Southsiders. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com at ontapsportsnet on social media, the Ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Joe, happy Friday, you my friend. It's always better when Cubs get a victory. And uh, what do you say, man? We get out of here the only way we know how to.
1: Do it. Let's go Cubs.
0: Let's go Cubs.